0: good time. we got a lot of stuff to go over today. And um, you guys you guys are coming with an open heart, right? Ready to receive, right? That's part of the deal, right? Because God has always got a fresh word for us. If we're using the word of God, God will use that. The Holy Spirit will use that to, to touch something in our heart. And it's amazing what I find the time over preaching stuff. I can preach a, a, a message um, like this or, or any other one. And God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will take it and tune it right to each heart in here. That's how intimate God is. That's how good God is. That's how much God knows us personally, that he will take his word and, and man just monogram that baby right on your heart. How's that sound? Well, like Tanya was saying, our message today is called mountain climbing faith. And you say, what do you mean by that, bud? Well, you know what? To get to the top of the mountain, there's a lot of valleys sometimes. We find ourselves in a valley every now and then, right? I don't care where you're at, because even if you're at the top of the mountain, there's times that sometimes we come down to the other side. And I wanted to use this familiar psalm to encourage us. How many know Psalm 23? You've heard it a couple of times, right, probably? And you know a lot of times you you hear that usually at funerals and stuff. But I'm going to tell you, that's a psalm that's good for seven days a week, 24 hours a day, because it talks about a personal relationship with God. That's what I love. David wrote that, and we know that David is the only one in the Bible that God said, he's a man after my own heart. So we can look at that, and I want to take a couple of things and, and make sure you guys got your, your handout today because I think there's going to be a lot of good notes we can do that. So when we go through difficult times and when we're in that valley, we're going to start in the valley and then we're going to climb out because there might be folks in the valley here today. But if you're not here in that today, there's a possibility that we may be at some time. So these are going to be some keys to put on your mountain climbing shoes in faith so that we can be more than overcomers, all right? Now what happens a lot of times, when we find ourselves in that desolate uh, valley, we go, man, God, where are you? You know, let's just be honest. Don't you care? Has these things actually rolled around in your mind? And you know that he does because if you ever need to, uh, a, a checkup on that, take your problem and put it up against the backdrop of that cross. That's where he dealt with it at. But a lot of times, sometimes when it's in our life, when it's on our front porch, wow we got to take what we've been building up weeks after week, Sunday after Sunday, and apply that in our life. That's why we take time to teach the Word of God, to use the Word of God, so that you guys can have that to draw on. So something else I want to look at, when we feel like that, here's a great place to turn, Psalm 23. Anywhere in the Bible, you can just grab something. That's God's love letter to you. So what I thought we would do first is let's just go ahead and read that. How about you guys read that with me? All right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not know he makes, he makes me lie, lie down in green pastures. He, he leads, leads me beside the still waters. He restores, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare at the table before me in the presence of my hands. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely Surely goodness goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now that's just a good place to say amen right there, because I tell you what, when you start pulling on that, there's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of stuff to just keep you going, right? Amen. Amen. Y'all miss the amen cue right there. I do it every week. All right, now I want you to take a good look at your handouts, and let's look at the first one there. It says, every valley is a passageway, not a destination. And you can add this, for a child of God. For a child of God. See, a lot of times what we think and what the devil wants to do is get you so focused on your problem that that becomes the mountain. See? But you know what? We need to look at God and look at what he's done in his love for us so that we can climb that mountain in faith, all right? So i want to give you a couple of things that we talk about here. When we look at this, we talk about mountain climbing faith, and we're trying to get to the top of that mountain in our daily lives. But the destination is secure, right? If you're a child of God, our final destination is secure. Where? In heaven. Through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's what we know, that our destination is secure. So that's why I say it like this. Every valley is a passageway right? Not a destination. Your destination as a child of God, if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and he is the Lord of your life, your destination, your home is in heaven. Everybody said amen right there, right? So I want us to understand we are secure in Christ. Now, along this journey, we encounter a lot of different things, don't we? All types of stuff. Sometimes it's spiritual warfare, a lot of people don't, don't believe that. But I'm going to tell you what, your best, uh, your best way of, of working against somebody is if they don't know you're there. And let me, let, me, let me clear that up. If you think the devil is just some little guy with a pitchfork over here on TV, you're not going to prepare but you know, if there's, there's, there's spiritual warfare, you're going to put on the full armor of God because every day is a battle, right? But the battle and the victory is yours through Jesus. But if you don't know that, if you're not walking in that, guess what? He can bruise you up. And like I tell my boys, I said, you know, the Bible tells us that, that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not here just to bruise you. He wants to ruin you. I don't tell you that to scare you. I tell you that to inform you because we have victory in Christ. I want us to understand who we are in Christ so that we can climb up that mountain, all right? There's a couple of more things I want to put in here. You guys getting some good notes, right? Our destination is secure. We learn more from those valley times, don't we? Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? I mean, nobody wants to sign up for it, but if you look back and you've been through a time, man, let me tell you. You go, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take that test over. You know? And sometimes, let's really look at it, sometimes it, it, it's because we're in a sin-filled world. Sometimes it's because of no fault of our own. It could be something. You could be riding home from here and somebody hits your car, you know, an uh, accident or type thing. But I want you to hone in on this. A lot of times it's just from our sin and our rebellion to God. Let's face it, let's own up to it. Sometimes we find ourselves in those valleys because of the sin that we have in our life. And what I want to tell you about today is that the sin will weigh you down. So what I thought I would do today is use a practical application. You know, we always like doing some skits and things like that. So what I need is a volunteer of a good old rank old sinner. Hey, Tim. Hey, let's go to it. Now, you know we're teasing about that. Yes. Well, let me tell you, Tim, come on over here. Let me get you right over here. Now, you know what? Today, Tim is going to play the part of a rank old sinner, but we know that he's given his life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is right in the eyes of God. Not because he's just an amazing partner of mine and a great guy here, but that God has washed him clean from from any of that. So, just want to clarify that. He jumped up there. But today, he's going to be our sinner, all right? Now, what we talk about is is when we're talking about sin, I want to give you a practical application of how it creeps in sometimes. I want to talk about, let's reel it back. And we go, wow, why do we sin? Well, because Adam and Eve brought it into our lives, right? All the way from the very beginning. So when when they disobeyed God and they sinned, and then they gave birth to their children, which is us right on down the line, guess what? We got the sin gene, all right? So let me tell you what happens is, it's almost like being born like this. Because I'll go ahead and, and, and tell you about this. Let's see. If you... Put this on here. I want this to represent. Here, give them a side view. I want them to represent just being born into the sin family. Okay? And all of us qualify for that, by the way. All right? <laughs> but what happens is, I want to show you the difference between the Old Testament and how God dealt with things there as a foreshadowing of what he did through Christ and his grace, being under the law and being overcomers in grace. All right? So what would happen is, okay, here's, here's this brand new center, right? And what happens is, what do we do? We sin. And what do we say? Sin weighs us down. And it might just be, let's see, it might just be a little sin at first. Just a little sin. You know, he can still move around a little bit. Can you move around a little bit? Yep. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he's done. And he's, So well, that's not too bad. That's not too bad at all. But then, guess what? Time goes by. And and guess what? We're, we're, We're sinning again. And what it does, what happens now? It gets heavier. Right? It's not very freeing. See, God is all about freedom. Sin is about bondage. You see what's happening here? Okay, so now what do we do? Now, let's say, let's say we're going back in the Old Testament to give us a little uh, understanding of the system back there. The way the Leviticus priesthood and stuff was set up, the way the Lord had this set up, he said once a year, you could bring a sacrifice, right? And we could bring it to the high priest and he could take the blood, shed blood of, of goats, in blood of goats and bulls, excuse me, and he would offer that as a sacrifice, all right? But it was a covering. I want you all to get the the deal. A covering. Because next year, when you left there, you still had a sin problem. Sin wasn't dealt with. It was covered. He was painting a picture of what he was going to destroy. Okay? So, he goes, he offers a sacrifice, and what does he do? I think you need more sin in there. (laughs) You know, let's really let's let's really let's really put some sin in here. There you go, because sin will bind you down. So he's reminded of this every year because he's coming back. And so what do they do? They bring a the sacrifice up and they just go ahead and cover this up. See, They didn't really deal with it; they just covered up. So you can see the effects of sin here, right? So guess what? He leaves there and he comes back next year. Matter of fact, matter of fact, before he even gets home, before he even gets home starts up again because we never really dealt with it. It starts up again. There we go. Here we go. You got a sin pouch there. Some people call it a man bag. And it starts out, like I said, just a little. And you ever notice this? We never kind of gravitate to the sin that we don't like. It's the sin we do like. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Whatever it is. Boom. There it is. Okay. How you doing there? You're doing good? No, you're doing bad. You're wrapped in sin. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. He's confused. He needs the light. Well, guess what? You know, six months down the line, man, he's still sinning. It's getting heavier and heavier. Man, hold on. Oh, no, what are we going to do now? Well, let's see. Let's see. You know what? One more won't hurt, will it? No. Right? You're already, you're already over there. No. Yeah, yeah. I need to stay there. I'll service. All right. So then he comes back, right? And he's got to come back to the temple, right? And guess what happens then? It's a reminder again. So how do you feel? He feels beat down. He's wore out. He can't move around because the sin. is putting a chokehold on him. And then we go back and we cover it up again. But guess what? Let me decide you there, brother. It's not really dealt with, is it? There we go. I'll make sure Uncle Wade gets a good picture there. It'll be on the web later. I love love this guy. I really do. (laughs) Every time we got a skit, he said, what's Tim going to do? You know, (laughs) love this guy. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about that. Are you all right, Tim? Yeah. Okay, Okay, I want you all to see the effect of that. And I want to go ahead and work through this a little bit. You all right? You're looking good there. (laughs) Now, this is what I was trying. I was kind of just hitting a little bit because I wanted to take God's word and define what I was saying. Okay, now look at this. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. That's what we were just talking about. He's under the law. Not the realities themselves. Give him a side you, that's good. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifice, repeat endless, year after year, make perfect those who draw, draw near to worship. What it's saying is, just like I tried to share with you guys a little while ago, and that's Hebrews 10, verse 1. All right. So this, you holding up good? I'm going to get you some water. These are getting weak. That's right. <laughs> well, let's see what else the Lord says about that. All right. Verse three and four of that 10th that chapter says, but those sacrifices are annual reminders, annual reminders of their sin. What happens when you're reminded of your sin over and over and over and over? The guilt and the shame and the weight of that sin just starts crippling you. And guess what you say? I don't measure up. I can't do that. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do And the next thing you know, you're all the way out here, man. That's when we buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. I'm not saying that it's not uh, serious consequences. I'm saying that it was so serious that Jesus went to the cross to purchase you out of that. Okay? Keep walking. Watch one of them. It says, um, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. You always. You notice now, I didn't understand this back before I... Start started uh, getting involved and, and, and gave my life to the Lord. All this blood business, that is showing life. Life had to be given for the sin, for the atonement for that. Okay? So what did they do? They were using the, the blood of bulls and goats as a way to cover. Cover. Let me use my model. Cover, because there's still the effect of sin here. You with me? Here we go. It's going to get better. But day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. You see where I'm hammering this thing? I'm telling you about how good God is because I'm going to get ready to show you in part B of this skit of how God dealt with that and destroyed that. All right? So everybody got their notes here. What we see? What? For this reason, it can never take away that. cannot be made perfect. It was a reminder of her sins. It's impossible to take away the sins from that of blood of uh, goats and bulls. Blood and bulls are hard to say at the same time. Shouldn't be living in brucos and bulls, right? But which can never take away sin. Now let me tell you the good news. Tim, you ready for some good news? See, when we understand the state that we're in, we're ready for some good news. Let's see what else we got here. Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Now, I need me a Jesus. All right, Uncle Wade, it's you today. (laughs) All right. Now, this is what I want to show you. I'll get you to stand right here. Here we are, all of us, in this sinful state, right? Because we're born into sin. And it's real easy us to, to default into that. Have you ever noticed, like, with a little baby? I know we got a new baby, right? Right? Avery. Missy had a baby. And uh, that's really good. Missy back is with an awesome, awesome, awesome time. Um, this made me think about that. Man, what a blessing of a child. So when we come into this world, right, we are, and you don't have to show them how to sin. Don't do that. <laughs> they do that. They just do because that's our sin nature. But what Jesus did, right, he said he came in, And he dealt with that, not just dealing with it, not covering it. He took it away. I want us to see how he took it away. What he did on the cross and living that perfect life, he's the perfect sacrifice, right? I'm going to take this over here. He took that away from us. He took this and he put it on, right? And he took it away. And he says, you know what? I'm separating you from this because I love you so much. And my sacrifice is perfect. And so, this is what he does. He takes this and frees Tim. Amen. Good. And what he did is he took this right here upon himself. All the sins of the world, right? And he dealt with it. Not just dealing with it. No covering. The finished product, right? Sin has been dealt with at the foot of the cross. Unfortunately, what we do is we go back up and we want to take it back and put it on us. Right? Because we blew it today. We blew it last week. You know what? The Bible tells us that He's just to forgive when we turn around and say, Lord, I really blew it yesterday. I blew it today in this area. I need you to help me in this area. Lord, help me. He says, I've already dealt with it. You're forgiven. So I'm going to get you to head on back Do You can take them with you. No, that's all right. <laughs> How about giving our guys a hand there? Thank you. So. Very good that something? Sometimes, you know, if you get to see something, it helps something. It? it seems like it does for me. I'm give me a chance here to get my notes back together. And everybody's doing good, right? Amen. Now we're going to start working off that sheet. Had a lot of ground to cover. I'm getting in the middle here. All right. Very good. I'm panting. I didn't even do nothing but move the thing off, man. <laughs> you tough, brother. You tough. Whoo! My goodness. So let's go ahead and rehash a little bit what we're talking about. What that was was an annual reminder of our sin. That's not very freeing to be reminded. You know what? You see, I see in relationships sometimes, and we're trying to work out restoration and stuff. And just, just think about this in a relationship. You go, I'm sorry, you're sorry. Okay, I'm there, buddy, I'll forgive you, okay. And then you keep walking and you go, but you remember back in the third grade? Wow, what did we do? we grabbing that back again. You know, we can't plow backwards. We've got to move on, okay? And that's what God did for us through Jesus Christ's sacrifice is made a way. So I want to take a look here. We're going to keep on rolling. We've got a little more scripture for you guys. Now, here we are at uh, Hebrews 10, 16 and seven. He says, this is the covenant. Remember we talked about the new covenant? We started out talking about the Old Testament. Now we're under the new covenant because of what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, everybody with me? All right. This is the covenant I will make with them after a time, he says. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Anybody know when they sin? Everybody knows when they sin, right? Because he's written his law on their hearts and on their minds. Is that a bad thing? It's a good thing. It's our check and balance. Holy Spirit says, no, 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 don't. And we just keep on walking. But if we're submitting to the Lord, right? We go, ooh, help me and turn from that. I want you to see that, right? Then he adds, He adds, Their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. This should be some good news for everyone in here. If you came in here today with that backpack full of sin, and it was disguised under your shirt or your dress or whatever it is, let it go because God's already dealt with it. This should be a time that we can move forward, that we're plowing forward, that we're looking to the good of things that God has for us, right? So God is awesome, and he's made a way. So I said, well, how can we look at this? What should we do? How can we do the practical application? Look at your sheets, right? We need to know God's promises, right? How do we do that? When we look at this, and we read his word, and we spend time with God, we need to know his promises, right? If we're going to latch on and take hold of them by faith, that mountain-moving faith, mountain-climbing faith, right? We need to know that, because what does it produce when we know the promises of God? I'm not talking about in our head. Then sink down into your spirit. Understand what He's done for us, okay? What does it do? It gives us rest. All right. You see somebody go through similar things, and you'll see one that's a believer and one that's not. And this, and, and one is all over the road that doesn't believe because his hope is in himself, maybe, or something else, not the perfect sacrifice of Christ. But a believer, we still, I'm gonna be honest. You know, we still kind of shake and rattle and roll but you have your church family come along to you right you have other people praying with you and we look at God's word and know his promise in our heart we can it gives us rest gives us peace right now when we do that what else does it produce this is a good going for your sheets now you guys look at why we need to know God's promises he leads us and we just start what we're going to start doing this dissecting that Psalm 23 if you want to kind of look at that this is where all this comes from And we just broke it down. He leads us. You're not out there alone. God's word should be the GPS of our life. To set us on the right path. So that we can be led and rest in his peace and follow. He's with us. He's never leaving us. He says, I'll never forsake you, never leave you, right? Let's keep on rolling with this. He comforts us. Now you notice that we didn't say we never have a tough time. Notice we never said, we'll never be in the valley. No, that's not what it says. But he comforts us. He comforts us by the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Bring into our remembrance what he's done with that sin. Bring into remembrance that our home is in heaven, not here. That this is a passageway, but the destination is secure. Good place to say amen then. All right. He provides. How many know the Lord is a provider? How many times have you looked at something in your life and you said, there is no way... We're going to make this deadline. There's no way we're going to make this rent, this car, or whatever. You know, everybody, the doctor's reports are bad. And we said, we're going to go with what God said. And we're going to stand on God's promises. And we start speaking these things into existence. And the power of God comes through those believers. And God starts working and molding things in our life that we can never do without him. Amen? He starts making a way. Guess what? That's when we see that we're climbing out of the valley and going up the mountain. Amen? He's full of goodness and mercy. You've got to realize that God's for you. You've got to realize that God's for you. I say this many times. I said it when we first started out. If, if you think that, man, I just don't understand. See, a lot of times I've heard people preach of, Well, God put this on this person because no. No. If you're parents, right, you, you know, you got kids. You know, you might have to reprimand your child. and There might be a season that they have to walk to talk and things like that but you're not going to out and out put a disease on them, okay? It doesn't even make sense for us, right? So we're not going to blame God for that, okay? We're going to trust God to get us through that passageway safely into his arms, right? That's a really big, big thing I want you guys to check out. All right, what else we got here? We're moving along. Everybody's got their sheet band and pins It'll be smoking in here. Good deal. We need to trust God's word. You say, well, isn't that the same in knowing his promises? You can know it up here and not apply it. But if you trust it, you will apply it. You will apply it. Let's take a look at what we get out of this. God's word is faithful. See, when we settle that in our hearts, and I shared this before at Bible study, I said, You know, I, I read a, a thing on Billy Grant one time. And Billy Grant was preaching, he was doing stuff. And as a young man, he said, He came to a point in his life, he just said, this is, he, was, he used to go out in Carolina somewhere. He would take his Bible by the moonlight, and he would look at it. And he laid it down, and he says, Today, is the day that I received this whole thing right here. I'm trusting in the fullness of God's word. That's it. He settled that, right? Because God's word's faithful. If we're thinking maybe he will, maybe he won't, we're not in faith, right? God gave that love letter to each one of us for our good, right? His word is faithful. It gives us hope. Boy, you want to shut somebody down, rob their hope. You know, you ever see some of these movies we've been watching, MacGyver and all this stuff this week, man, I've been off and it's been a great vacation man, I love it. And you know what they do as soon as they grab you, they kind of isolate you over here, right? When they get MacGyver, they put him over here and he, they, they put him in this thing and they turn the lights down to make him feel like there's no hope. But you know what? Praise God, he got him a lighter a duct tape and everything else. Yeah, that's right. But you know what? We don't even need that because we've got someone that lives in us. That is greater than all those things. You know, isn't that amazing? You know, we think, man, if I, just had, if I just had a little bit more money, well, you'd probably be a little bit more in debt. Maybe, I don't know. You know? So it's not the stuff. It's the Savior. You see? Because if we've got Him in here, everything else is going to line up. And even if it doesn't work out the way we think it is, Ain't no big hotcakes. One of my little buddies used to tell me when we were playing, we were playing baseball, man, we'd be down there and I'd catch it. I'd throw it over second base and i was like, oh, goodness. He said, buddy, see, ain't no big hotcakes. We'll get them next time. And that's something? 30 years ago, no big hotcakes. You know what? It's no big hotcakes if we know who God is in our life, right? What the deal is, is it gives us hope, right? Builds our faith. Let's take a look at this. Now, how do we work in that? We act on the truth. And see, that's really going to be the next thing that happens because if you know the promise and you trust the promise, then you're going to step out in faith, right? And you're going to start moving up that mountain. I love this right here. Check a look at this. Again, we're pulling this right out of Psalm 23. Let his word be like a rod and a staff in your life. What do you mean by that? What do you do with a rod? Right? You can clear your path with it. What do you do with that staff? Well, you can keep going like that. I was thinking about that, and I have to tell you this story. Oh, we're in good shape. When I took karate years ago, me and Thomas and Jesse did it for a little while, we had a guy that was a weapons expert, Expert, Kiyoshi Barfield. He's about this big, and he's tough. And I played a lot of rock and roll, and I don't hear real well. And so when we would line up, I don't know how the man could talk because he's lifting up a moved right here. And I'm looking around close, and I'm going, what did he say? Are you doing this? And I never forget, he'd walk in there, and everybody's going, oh, here he comes. Here he comes, boy walking and talk, and he'd have that bow. We called it a bow, his staff. And he was a weapons man. And he got all the way over here. And I'm thinking, oh, what are we going to do today? We're going to work with that staff today. I love that bow. it's really cool. And he said, remove the jewelry. <laughs> I'm like, what's he talking about? Remove the jewelry. <laughs> We're not allowed to have jewelry in class. I knew that. I did not take off my necklace. I'm over here. Going, sure glad it's not me, you know? <laughs> and then he came with the rod and the staff. <laughs> <laughs> Remove the jewelry. I was like, yes, sir, man. I was pulling that stuff off. But, you know, every time I think of that, I thought about how he could use that staff. How he could do i seen him flip a big guy. He said, this is how you do this. You take this and you make it like a J. He could do that. And we'd sit there and the big guy go, come on up here. And the guy's standing there. And he would hook that thing under his ankle. Woom, I'm going... That's good. I y'all want to go next? Y'all want to go next? Man, I was over here. Well, that's good. But you know, I thought about that, that that's our protection, the rod and the staff. And just like I could see how he was a master with that, what would happen if we trust in the word of God to clear the path, to protect us? Let me tell you, you're going to see results of mountain climbing faith. Amen? Good stuff. Submit to his lordship. We're moving along. Everybody got a good spot on there? Everybody still got plenty of room to write, right? Surrender to Christ. When we understand who he is and what he's done, that he took away the sin, he took away the sin, he dealt with the sin, then we need to surrender to that. How do we do that? Through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Right? Then we need to follow his guidance. The Holy Spirit comes and sets up residence in us. We're born again. I didn't understand. What do you mean Born again. You know, 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We're alive to the things of God now. See, we were alive to the things of sin before. Dead in our sin, I should say. And then we came alive in Christ. Amen? So when we get that small, still voice and say, You probably shouldn't do that. It's probably a good thing not to do that, right? But you know what? We need to submit to it. Accept his peace. And we talked about rest what about peace? How many of us like peace? I'm going to tell you what. Live a little bit of your life without peace, and you will love peace when it comes. Because I tell you what, when, when the bad report, like I said, comes, and when the job's not working out right, and when when uh, you know the kids are rebelling and everything else, and the marriage is upside down, all you want is peace. And the peace that passes all understanding is through that relationship with Christ. That's why we need to surrender to His Lordship. I love this right here. I was thinking, what else could we write in there? Live a life of purpose. See, when I leave here, I want people to say, I don't care if they remember my name or anything like that. I don't have to have anything up in lights. I just want to be able to say, man, Lord, I served you well. Not perfect. I'd like to be able to say that, but I'm not perfect. But thank God that the one who dwells in us is working these things out destination is secure and he's making those things perfect in our life as we submit to his lordship and his leadership we accept his peace and we are guided by the holy spirit in us guess what it's going to start making a difference because we're going to start living a life of purpose what do you mean because then we're going to want to see somebody when they're in the valley and we've been through it we want to come along and help we want to speak life into their life how many other people will speak death into your life oh man so glad that ain't me Well, if that was me, I would do this or I'd do that. And there ain't nothing tied to the Bible. You know, if they did, I'd kick them right in the shin. Oh, that's really good. That's going to help out, isn't it? Yeah, good, you know? So, you know, sometimes I'm like, wow. So when I don't feel good, I want people that believe the word of God around me to encourage me, to remind me of who I am in Christ and what God has done, right? So that what happens is my faith starts to grow and we start coming up the side of that mountain, amen? So here we go. We're getting ready to wrap it up here in just a second. Learn from those ballet experiences. Don't waste them. You know? So what do you mean by that? We need to reflect and grow on them. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. But we can look back and say, wow. What did I learn from that? I'm understanding as a dad, when something goes down and I'm talking to my boys and I go, so what don't we want to do about this again? What can we pull the positive out of that and move forward? You know what I mean? I don't go, well, I told you. You see? That's like reminding them every year, every problem of that sin. Say, look, man, you know what? I love you and this is what's going on. Aren't you glad that we're under the blood of Christ that destroys that? Let's move forward, you know? So we can take that and roll Climb to new levels of understanding. Now, I'm not talking about being a smart guy. I'm talking about that our heart starts coming in tune with the things of God so that when God speaks to us, we go, Ha, oh, I want to do that. This is how I want to do it. Lord, I don't have any idea how I'm going to work out this situation. And you're praying, and you get up, and you're in the shower. And why does he talk to you in the shower? I don't know. I think it's because the only time my mouth is shut, I'll probably drown. And God will talk to you in the shower. And I'm going, Wow. Wow. I know that wasn't me because that's not, you know, that is just totally God. But then, does it do any good if I don't act on it? I need to put the feet of faith on and step out of the boat and start climbing that mountain. Amen? So coming to new levels of understanding is growing in your intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? Cool. Help others in the valley. We just talked about that. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, what's happened to me in my life when I went through some stuff... It's made my heart a whole lot tender. I said it before. I used to think I was Mr. Tough Guy. And, man, I will cry at a drop of the hat down. Especially something about God. i man, God is so good. You know? When you think, man, there is no way I'm up against the wall. Man, you are all the way over here. Over this flooding. And, man, God opens a doorway that you never saw. Opens a window so you can escape. And you go, whoo! Got to tell somebody. That's why I go with this here. Then guess what we do? We walk in step with God. We walk in step with God. You know what? Because he's going to take that, his word as our staff and our rod and help us along that path, right? That's what we need to do. That's how we can learn from that. That's how we can apply that to our lives. And that's how God can use us to help others. Amen? Getting ready to wrap it up. Very, very good. Thank him for bringing you through. Have you ever done something for somebody and and you bailed them out? Maybe bought them something to eat you know, whatever, and you don't expect anything. You just did it for the right motives, and you said, it?" And they just go, "Yeah, okay." How does that make you feel? You go, "Wow." And you feel a little used up, little, oh, "Wow." And even though you didn't do it for that motive, you would like to think that you impacted their life for the good. And you know what? I guess all of us are guilty of that of not saying thanks. But I'm praying that it's less and less in my life. Because I appreciate the prayers. I appreciate you guys coming. I appreciate you guys doing what you do here. Because you know what? As a family, we can make a difference as we go through that valley and up to the top of the mountain to glorify God, all right? Let's take a look here. Just like we start out here. How do we bring, uh, bring thanks to him? Worship him for who he is. Understand who he is. When we turn around, if you really think about it, Tim was over here for a while with the stuff on, like this. Man, that's freeing. Whatever that situation is, whatever you brought in your own little internal book bag today, let God have it. Leave it to him and let him deal with it. And then we start worshiping. See, we just don't want to bang on the songs and things like that. We are here to lift our voices to praise God because he's worthy. And when we understand who he is, we really want to praise him then, right? Because he has made it all for us. Praise Him for His holy name. God is perfect and holy, right? He can't be around sin. Well, guess what He did so we can be around Him? We're in a sinful nature. He dealt with it just like we said right here. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that He did it and it's the finished work of the cross that God is more than a conqueror, right? And that's who we are in Him. Now, declare His righteousness. And this is the last one. I'm get Miss Tommy to come up here and we're going to get ready to wrap this up. Declare His righteousness. What do I mean by that? Share your testimony. Share your testimony on what He did in your life. And it's not a one-time thing. You know what? It might be when you're at work. Somebody goes, man, you know, I'm going through this situation. I'm going through this. So, well, you know, I went through that one time. And this is how God worked it out. And when I was on this end of it, I didn't see how I was going to get here. But I'm here now. And we made it through. Man, uh, we got this terrible doctor report. But we're here now. Because the grace of God got us through. You know, whatever that may be. Maybe it's that rebellious child and you're going, please. And then one day they go, Mom, Dad, I'm home. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I'm home. See, we have a home in heaven. But there's also a home that the Holy Spirit has right here and now. It's in our hearts. To lead God and direct us. And so as we're talking today, I'm going to just ask you guys to just close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to listen real close about what we've been talking about. I can't help but think that in a congregation this size, and it don't even take a big size to have that, we all deal with stuff. We all deal with the weight of sin. But I want you to know that God already took care of it. So if you're here today and you felt like you're bringing something in, leave it at the foot of the cross today. And it says, Lord, you know this issue I'm having and this issue I'm dealing with? It might be the same thing over and over and over. But guess what? God says, I love you. And I'm going to take care of that. And I'm going to guide you and and direct you. And I'm going to sustain you. Because this is part of the journey. Remember that the journey is just a passageway. Remember, it's a passageway. And God's going to take us through. So if that's you today, I'm going to tell you what. I'm praying for you and me and everyone in here. Father, help us today to just drop those things that are worldly and cling on to the things that are godly Father, wash us clean Father, continue to guide us and direct us and if you're here today and you said I've never, you know, given my life to the Lord I promised God a long time ago every time, every time we speak we're going to give them an opportunity to respond to your goodness and your grace and your sacrifice if you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, today is your day you do it just like this you put your faith in what he's done you say, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Father, I confess with my mouth that Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead today. Come into my life and save me. And you are secure. And God will start working things in your life. And you will be such a a, a, uh, just amazed person to see when we give the reins of our life to the Lord, that Lordship to him. How God can make so much out of our life. And lastly. I just pray for each one here, Lord, for families, Lord, for healing, for financial, whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that you take this message today, and as they look back at Psalm 23, they never look at it the same, to know that you are with them, Lord, that you're a provider, Lord, that we see so many things that your word and your promises are true, Lord, that we have faith in that, and you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, help us to be overcomers in all areas. So today, Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I look forward for us to be able to be a light into this community on the ninth. So, Father, I thank you. Take this message and make it so much more in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen.